Blog Talk Radio.
Brother Louis, do you God, we're grateful because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength and our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life, eternal life, God. We pray, oh God, today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you, Lord. Bind the hand of the devil, God. Rebuke the hand of the enemy, Lord. God, let your anointing that resonates in this place even now. God, let there be an outpouring on your people. We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. 
We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord. And you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord. But when we leave here today, Lord, we can leave with your anointing, Lord, that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We thank you because you are a healer. You're the God that healeth thee, and healing is in your wings, and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. You're able to save our troubled souls, and in the name of Jesus, bind every demon, Lord, every demonic force, Lord, God, that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise.
Oh, what's wrong now? Okay, Brother Louis, you can't hear me at all. Hold on. Nope, no sound. Okay, good, 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 good. I don't know what's going on today, but for the last... Okay, Ezra. Nehemiah 8 and 6 and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered... Amen. Amen. Lifting up their hands, they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. When we receive a word from the Lord, our answer should be amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. God has spoken. So let the church say amen. Nehemiah 8 and 6 and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered amen. Amen. Lifting up their hands, they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. When we receive a word from the Lord, our answer should be amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church Amen. God has spoken. So let the church <laughs> say amen. Let the church let them say amen. If you believe the word, let the whole church say amen. God has spoken, so let the church say amen. Lift your hands, lift your hands. God has spoken, so let the church say amen. No, thank you, Lord. God has spoken. So let the church say
everybody say amen. So let the church say. To what his word says, God has spoken. spoken. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. Make this your response to whatever he says from the healing of your body. Church say, oh, lift your hands wherever you are and let the church
y'all can hear me. Can you hear me now, Brother Louis? We may have to wait a minute, y'all, because it's running slow this morning. I'm working with Norton. My message is Uh, entitled, The Wolf is at the Door. The Wolf is at the Door. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. I thank you, Lord, for the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit that gives us new hearts, Lord, so that we can stretch out beyond our limitations and be ambassadors of you and your word to all who can still hear. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit. I thank you for courage and compassion today, God, to speak things that need to be spoken in this generation. Help us, Lord, as a church, never to back away from truth. Help us to go forward and let it fall where it may. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. The wolf is at the door. Isaiah chapter 53. Prophet Isaiah says these words. Who has believed our report? Beginning at verse 1. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, it's, it's so important before we even begin to look at this passage of Scripture to understand that it was a religious system that crucified Christ. You know, we understand that the Roman authorities were the instruments of his death, but it was the religious order of the day created by God's own people that put the Son of God on a cross. There were leaders in that generation, and they had... They had used their position over the people to garner titles for themselves. They had adorned themselves in righteous robes as they saw it. And they they loved to parade among the people, as Jesus said, and be called master, teacher, teacher, teacher in the marketplace. But Jesus himself came in a form that he did not take on this form of grandeur that men give to themselves. And also, too, they created a system of salvation that was much wider and much more inclusive than the one that God had given to us. As a matter of fact, it was so narrow that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. They were so offended when he challenged their religious system because they had, they had created this wide door into eternal life and eternal bliss with God that doesn't exist. All kinds of people were coming into the temple defiled and going out defiled. They were living in manners and ways that the Bible clearly indicated would leave them excluded from the kingdom of God forever. 
And so in comes this man. He's not interested in their system. He's not trying to garner one of their titles. He's not doing things their way. The Bible says there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. He's not dressed in righteous robes. He's, he's not got boxes on his forehead. He's not walking around with tassels on his arms. He's not parading like some rooster before the people, talking about how close to God he actually is. They despised him and rejected him because he challenged the religious system. They had created a system of redemption that did not exist. Do you understand? And that's the propensity of humankind. The original sin in the Garden of Eden is that we can be as God is. Remember, we can, we can become judges of what's good and what's evil. And if you take that to its logical extension, we can start declaring things that are, that are God forgives when he doesn't. We can start declaring behaviors righteous when they're not. We can start telling people they're going to heaven when they aren't. That is the grave, grave danger of religion. When humankind in its sin nature is allowed to take it and so twist it and so pervert it that it becomes something that God never intended it to be. Can you imagine sitting in a place as a professed or supposed believer in Christ only to end up at the throne of God one day to find out you've been outside the whole thing all along? What a tragedy that's going to be for so many. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. There was a, a heaviness in the heart of the Son of God as he looked on the people as sheep without a shepherd. But we hid our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And we are, of course, reliving the scripture again in great measure in our day. In many, many places, even where God's people are gathering, the word of God is despised. And we are now gravitating to fancy preachers who have opened the door real wide to people who are not going to heaven, giving them false peace when they're not at peace with God. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5:17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things are what? Passed away. And behold, all things are become new. If, if we are in Christ, if Christ is in us, that means a new value system. It means a new heart. It means a new mind. It means a new way of speaking, thinking, living. It means that what God says is good is good, and what God says is evil is evil. We don't try to change that. We accept that from the Word of God. Now, this message is given to shepherds to bring us not only to the knowledge of our salvation, but to the freedom which Christ bought for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his beating, as it is, that he took on the cross, we are healed. The old things don't have power over us anymore unless we choose to let them. The old ways of living, speaking, thinking, doing are broken. And we become new creations in Christ. We are able to look back and say, thank God, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not everything that I hoped to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be, and thank God I'm going to be one day what Christ is calling me to be. So there's this constant moving forward in the life of a genuine believer, leaving an old way of thinking, an old way of living, an old way of speaking, and moving to truth, even when it's painful. 
book of Proverbs says a righteous person swears to their own hurt and doesn't change. In other words, I say I'm going to do this and I do it because God's word says I should even if it causes me pain. And I don't turn from it. Now Paul was this kind of a shepherd. He, he didn't hold back as I said earlier. This is what he said in Acts chapter 20 verses 26 to 31. He said, therefore I testify to you this day I'm innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, and this is the cry of my heart. If anyone here today hearing my voice ends up in hell, let it not be my fault. Let it never be because I didn't declare to you the whole counsel of God or I didn't warn you of something that had the power to drag you down into eternal darkness. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Paul says, for this I know, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone, he said, day and night with Tears. Paul said there's going to be wolves that are going to come and they're all already, there's packs of them now. It's not just a few, there's many now in our generation. And they're going to come to devour this sacrifice of Christ and the promise of new life through him. They're going to promise you liberty, as the scripture says in the New Testament, but they themselves are the slaves to corruption. They're promising something they, they're not experiencing themselves and they can't deliver it. Listen to what Jude says, the last book of the New Testament before the book of the Revelation. Verse 3 says, Behold, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Here's what the wolves do. They teach that you can live a lifestyle against the word of God and still claim heaven as your eternal home. That is the wolf that's now at the door of the Christian church in America. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that means people who engage in sexual intercourse outside of the bonds of marriage between one man and one woman. 
Fornicators are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Settle it. It's in the word of God. Don't be deceived into thinking you can live in a moral lifestyle and heaven will still be your home. So hard for this generation to hear when you've got preachers standing in pulpits saying, well, God understands your need and God is a God of love and God won't send anybody to hell. No, that's not true. God is a God of love. We know that. But the Bible tells us that fornicators have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Nor idolaters, people who have other loves in there. Something that is in your life that, that is, is, is your whole obsession. Churches or Christ is just a little part of your life, but there's something else in your life that you're pursuing. Nor adulterers, people who engage, who are married, but engage in... You know, today we take words like adultery and we call it an extramarital affair, as if it's a black tie event. You know, you are invited to an extramarital affair next Friday at 5 o'clock. Bible calls it adultery. Adultery. Settle it. Deal with it. The sex outside of marriage will keep you outside of the kingdom of God. And sex outside of the bonds of the person that you are married to, the, wife, the man or woman you're married to, will also keep you outside of the kingdom of God, unless it's repented of. Nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. In other words, that's both, men and women. Folks, listen. I understand the dilemma, in a sense, uh, that some might face in same-sex attraction. But I'm telling you, you can't give in to that lifestyle on any level. Because the Bible clearly says it will leave you outside the kingdom of God. Jesus himself said some people are eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. In other words, some people just live their lives without any sexual activity for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And he said whoever can hear this, let them hear it. You know, you can, you go to a funeral, for example. And you can dress it up with flowers all around, and you can, there's a death certificate. And the preacher can get up and say nice words. But the reality is that the corpse is still dead. You can't make it live. It doesn't matter what you do. And it's the same with homosexual marriage, folks. I've got to say it straight out today. I'm not going to hold back on it. You can adorn it with flowers. You can get a certificate from City Hall. You, you can find some backslidden preacher to say nice words about it. But the wages of sin is still death. You can't change that. Now listen, I'll be called a hater for, for this message today. I understand that. But I'm not a hater. If I hated you, I'd let you go to hell. If I hated you, I'd let you die in your sin. If I walk down the street and your house is on fire and you're up in your bedroom window and I don't warn you, am I really a good neighbor? Do I really love you? Do I really care about your eternal destiny? You can curse me out of your bedroom window all you want, but I will still warn you that your house is on fire for your soul's sake. Nor thieves. Lest we should think that we're just going to focus on one thing. Nor thieves. That means people who steal. It's that simple. People who steal. People who steal little 
they have a contract maybe and steal a little bit more than they should. Income tax time is coming around, folks. Are you going to pay your taxes? <laughs> nor covetous, nor drunkards. People who come to church this morning, but you were out at a club last night. You're drinking and dancing, and, and this foolishness, I'm out there to share the testimony of Christ. Who are you kidding? If you really are there to do that, stand on the sidewalk with pamphlets in your hand and give it to the drunks coming out of the club. You don't need to be in there with them. No revilers. You know, especially in, in this environment we're now living in, in this country at this time, where reviling has is is, is become the speech of the day, where it's, it's fashionable just to curse everybody around you. You know, Paul said revilers don't inherit the kingdom of God. We have a different heart. We have a different spirit. We're, we're a different kind of people. Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I love that. Would be to God that I can honestly say that of everybody here today. Such were some of you. But you are sanctified. That means you are set apart for the kingdom of God. You are, you, 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 you honestly repented. You walked away. You moved away from what God's word says is wrong. You can't make it right. You can't change it. It doesn't matter if a million people say, oh, isn't this wonderful? If God's word says it's not, it's not. You are sanctified. You walked away. You walked away from these old ways of thinking, these old behaviors and all of these things. And you set yourself apart for the kingdom of God. You're justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now you and I are living in an hour where the wolf is heading to the door of the church. Demanding in our generation that we bow down to this new definitions of good and evil. This is where we're living. The days of being able to say without penalty what I'm saying today are are over if they're not if they're not over they're very close to over it's an amazing time that we're now living in jesus said in john chapter 10 i am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep but a hireling who is not the shepherd one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep this is the point there's a lot of hirelings and a lot of pulpits in america today and they're, they're they don't necessarily leave the people but they leave biblical truth they flee the truth when the wolf is at the door when the wolf says if you don't bow down this is our golden statue this is what this generation is going to look like this is what you'll preach these are the truths that you will espouse they will bow down when the music plays to save themselves because it's always been about themselves not about the people the hireling will flee and you will you are seeing and you will see a huge departure from biblical truth in the Christian church in this last hour we're living in. The Bible declares that there's going to be an apostasy, a great falling away in the last days from biblical truth. And the hirelings will lead the people, not into the narrow way of eternal life, but into that broad way of destruction. And they flee because it's always done about them. 
It's been about the robes. It's been about the praises of man. It's been about the titles. It's been about the numbers. It's been about the apparent evidences of success. Then when Christ comes and challenges them, they hate him. His own system hated him. His own people hated him. They pushed him away because he declared their definitions of salvation and truth to be bankrupt. He told them they were full of dead men's bones. He said, you go cross land and sea to get one convert and you make him twice the child of hell that you've become. These are the words of Christ. He warned us in the last days there would be a great falling away. He warned us. He said, you're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You can't escape that. That's a promise in the word of God. We're going to be hated. It's starting now. You're seeing it in society. You're seeing it in the workplace. You can't even have an opinion on things anymore in this generation that we're now living in. Let me say it clearly now. Abortion. For the cause of birth control. Or, or so the pe- I understand there are extenuating circumstances. So please don't misquote me on this. But for the cause of just birth control. Or for the cause of having sexual pleasure. And not having to deal with the life that it can create. Is sin. In the sight of a holy God. It's a terrible sin in the sight of a holy God. In America today. The deliberate gender confusing of our children in grade school is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our high schools, forbidding our children to pray and creating this fictitious division between the state and the church, which doesn't exist. If you really study it, you'll understand it never existed. It was created by the godless. Forbidding our children to pray in our schools is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our colleges, allowing godless professors to rise up and mock God and radicalize a whole generation against even their own nation that was founded by God for the purpose of being able to worship according to the word of God and freely by conscience is sin in the sight of a holy God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So let this society despise him. Let them consider him ordinary. Let them rebel against his words. But this day, as Joshua once said, if it be hard to follow the Lord, that's your choice. Choose this day. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By the grace of God, we will not bow before the wolf in this generation. By the grace of God, we will stand for the truth of God. By the grace of God, we will pray again. We will pray again as a church age. By the grace of God, we will stand up unashamed for the truth of Jesus Christ. We stand on the side of victory. We stand on the side. We stand on the side of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory. And as uh, David the king once did, we will stand in this generation against the lion and the bear and everything that comes in to devour our children and to devour the people of God. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up. It's time for the people of God to fight back. It's time for us to begin to pray. It's time to run for public office. It's time for teachers to speak. It's time. It's time for the people of God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Glory, 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 glory. The true shepherds of God in this generation are going to care more for the people than for their own safety. More than our own reputation. It's not going to be an easy road. But I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up this generation to darkness. I'm going to stand because the word of God stands forever. The opinions of men are like grains of sand on the seashore. They'll fall into nowhere. But the word of God abides forever. Now here's where I conclude. If you're living in sin, I plead with you, while there's still time, turn. Turn from it. And trust God for the strength. I know there's some sitting here or listening online or they're in the annex and they say, you don't know how deep the bondage is. You don't know how powerful the draw is. No, I don't. But I know the Spirit of God is more powerful than all of that put together. And I know the promise of God is that we will have a new life, an eternal life. The days of living in Christian ease is over in America, folks. It's over. We're about to join our brothers and sisters in China and other places who are being persecuted for what they believe in Iran who are being jailed and put to death for believing in Christ. We've lived a very comfortable, very lazy Christianity in America, but those days are over. The wolf is now at the door. Pray for those of us who lead in any capacity that God would give us courage. As I pray for you, that God would give you a cleanness of life and practice and heart and give you the courage to speak up in whatever environment you find yourself in. Our children are starving for truth in this generation, and they're wide open. There's only a few Goliaths that claim that they have the power to keep us from being the people of God, but they don't. So I challenge you with all my heart, turn from sin, find that new life in Christ, and rise up and be the person that God's called you to be. We're going to sing for just a few moments. We're going to worship. I guess my elder call is just twofold today. It's for people to say, Oh, God, help me, please, to turn from this thing in my life.
I don't have to tell you what it is you already know. Help me to turn away from watching pornography. Help me to turn away from drink. Help me, God, to turn away from that flirtation in the office. Help me, God. Help me, God, to stop railing. Get me off. Get me out of the seat of the scornful. And help me to walk with the righteous. Deliver me, God, from cowardice. And put a love for people in my heart that casts out all fear. Give me a voice to call this generation back to you again. And God help me not to cower under the fear of the repercussions that will come all of our way. You know, I was in Washington and there's an ex-general there who really gives courage to my heart every time I meet him and talk with him. And essentially, what he would say if he were standing here is, you have to fight for a cause higher than your own preservation. If it's just about preserving yourself, you'll flee when the enemy comes. If it's about others, you'll stand. May God give us the courage in this generation to stand for those that don't have a voice for themselves, for our children, for the unborn, for our high school students for our college students, for every mother, every father, every child in this country that needs to know there's a Savior who died for them. Give us the grace to be kind and compassionate to all, not judging anyone. We leave that to God. But reaching as far as we can reach into this mass of fallen humanity with this message of incredible grace that belongs to every person who turns to it through Jesus Christ. So, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you will today cause your kingdom to advance. You will give us the strength and courage that we now need as a people to stand against the onslaught of wickedness that wants to extinguish the testimony of your life and word. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for courage for your people as others throughout the world have had to have. God, deliver us, Lord, from this life of ease that so many of your people have known and bring us into the true fight for the souls of men. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. God, we yield our bodies today to this purpose. We thank you in Jesus' name. So we're going to stand in a moment for those who just, you just know you have to turn from something. And for those who want to turn towards Christ, maybe you don't have a struggle that I'm talking about in your life, but you say, God, I'm stuck in neutral. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going back and I'm not going forward. But today you say, I want to make a difference. I want my life to count. I want my voice to have authority. If that's you, We're going to stand. I'm going to ask you to make your way here. We're going to pray together and believe God to answer our prayer. In the annex, you can make your way here. We'll wait for you in the campus churches. Step between the screens, if you will. We'll be back in just a moment. Uh, Every time I look at people at this altar, I see a mighty army of God. I, I do. I honestly do. So, Father, I pray today, Lord, that you would give every man, every woman every young person 
who is at this altar who are responding in our campus churches or at home. Courage. Courage, Lord. And compassion. Lord, your word speaks of a perfect love that casts out fear. So God, give us a love for people that we would not be afraid to speak truth without condemning them, without railing, just loving and speaking the truth. Father, help those.
radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The wolf is at the door. And if we can't see that wolf at the door, something is wrong with us. We need to go back to the altar and make sure we got Jesus. Because that wolf is at the door. We got these people up, say they preaching the word of God. They tricking the people. They telling people, it's okay, God know your heart. And that's a big problem because he knows the very intent of our hearts. And if we're not doing it according to his word, we're doing it wrong. And if we misunderstanding his word, we need to go to him and ask him for wisdom, knowledge. And, Lord, give me a great understanding of your word. And, Lord, teach me so that I can apply your word to my everyday life. I want to live your word. I want to live according to your will, not my will, because your will must be done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we thank him this morning. I I see so much uh, out here in the world, and a lot of it, Brother Lewis said, vexes him. A lot of it, it vexes me. It makes me sad. I, I, I get angry sometimes. <laughs> it's okay to get angry, but we can't sin. Angry, but sin not. But a lot of this stuff I see, they're pushing it on children. Uh, they're pushing it on the people. Everybody don't like uh, evil. Everybody don't like that. I know they came out from Hollywood with a lot of evil shows and People can't get enough of it. Believers say they believers, but they over there watching what the world watch, which is evil, and it can't get evil enough, even for the people that say they're believers. We got to be careful what we watch, when we watch it, and how we watch, because this is the thing. God said what he meant in his word. And he meant what he said. And if we're going with him all the way, we must obey him every day. Yeah, we don't take a break from God. I've heard people say, well, I can't talk about him all day, all day. I can talk about him all day and all night. Because that's what he means to me. He has been good to me, better than I could ever be to myself. I love him. I want to do anything for him because he ain't going to have me to do nothing weird. He's not going to have me to do nothing really strange. Uh, it may be strange to some people because of this. They don't know him. But when you know him, it makes all the difference in the world. You know God for the pardoning of your sins. It makes all the difference in the world because you know you got radio not just for your ears but also for your spirit jesus in the morning radio and you're with barbara okay i think i'm back live i was i had to do two or three things to get it working and i just got a message from one of my oldest friends wife and uh, she said he passed this morning. He went on to be with the Lord. And I tell you, 
it touched me, but I had to hold on because I know he was in God and God was in him, and he went on to take his rest. And in his last days, that's all he wanted to do was to witness to people about the goodness of the Lord. He went through a great battle with all kind of stuff, colon cancer. Oh, I can't name all the things he went through, but he held on in God. And uh, this morning, I, I assume, is when he took his uh, final breath and he the angels come and he went on, yeah, to be with the Lord, you know, to take his rest until God called his name. And so I, uh, I would truly miss him. I've known him for a lot of years, and he was the one that gave me Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Yeah, I wasn't living nothing. I was going to church, but I wasn't doing nothing. And he brought that to me, and uh, the Lord explained it to me. God broke it down for me, to be not wise in your own eyes. Don't think you know the outcome of nothing. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. Yeah. He was the one who gave me that years ago in the 80s. And I thank God for that scripture. Thank God for him. And he was like a, 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 a uncle, a big brother, <laughs> and a father to my kids. And people think we were together. We were a couple. Now we was the best of friends. And before we fully come to the Lord, we used to be in the patio smoking weed late at night with the kids go to bed. Yeah, yeah. I have a history, but God saved him, and I was the one who told him that God called him to ministry. And I went on. I said, you know, I got saved and everything, and I told him what the Lord said. I went on. And the next thing I know, he was in the pulpit. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with me because we had separated. He went his way because he got married, and I went my way. But the Lord brought us back to show what he said was true. Isn't that beautiful? God is that kind of God. So we're praying for his wife, praying for his children. Uh, he's got one daughter, Shonda. And so we're praying for her and uh, his wife and uh, their children there at the house. And to show I'll call her and uh, we'll get to talk and everything. And whatever I can do, that's what I'll do. And y'all know what we do in the South. We take food over, drinks over. Yeah, so I'll be doing that. i got to find out exactly where they live because I'd never gone to their house. They had come over here for Sunday dinner. but And they wanted to come back and Christmas came. I still got his gift up in the closet and her gift because we never could connect where they could get their Christmas gift. Yeah, last year. But God is faithful and he's on our side. In spite of us, I told one of my sons that he had went on. He yelling, no, what? Yeah, I know how it makes you feel. But we come here to leave here. There's a day we all are going to depart from here. So we may as well prepare ourselves through prayer and the word of God and receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior and work unto him daily. So when he called our name, when he called and beckoned for us, we can be ready to go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm grateful unto Almighty God. Welcome to Jesus in the Morning. I'm your host, uh, Evangelist Barbara Pittman of Freedom Doors Ministries, and I come to you live each weekday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today is really and truly 
June the 13th, 2023. Six months and 13 days into this new year already. Yeah, the month is moving, and it's moving fast, yeah. But like we just got to June and already 13 days, God is faithful. So listen, this morning we wanted to talk about the book of Genesis. And when I think of chapter 1 and the starting off of the book of Genesis, this is what comes to my mind. God made the world. He made man, and he made woman. He he created, he made some things, put things together, knowing how man was and what man would do. He come from a sinful nature. And so if you look at, I believe it's some sister one who talks about that, and seeing that my mother conceived me, David was explaining to God about his own sinful nature. And many of us have gone to God about our sinful nature. And some things we think is all right, I was born this way, I'm just this way. No, no. <laughs> if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You just have to guard your mind. Don't let your mind go too far out. Nip it in the bud, as they say. Cut it off, stop it. Make your flesh come under subjection every time. Yeah, because if you resist the devil, he's going to flee. But many don't resist him. They feel like God made me this way, this is the way I am, this is the way I'm going to be, no matter. No, sir. He can change you from the inside out. Give you a new heart and a new mind, a new way of thinking. Yeah. And it's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, look, we at the book of Genesis, and uh, we are looking at chapter 1. And I'm pulling up my my other Bible (laughs) that I put on the side, and it breaks things down for us. So, I'm waiting on that to come up. It's some strange stuff going on with my computer, but it may be a virus. And if it is, I've, I've been in contact with Norton, but when the sh- when I end the show and after I call uh, Minister Hendrick's wife, then I'm going to get in here with Norton, and we're going to figure this thing out and get it fixed. Brand new computer, no ma'am and no sir. We're not going to tolerate all this over here. And for the final time, I want it fixed, and uh, we don't go back to it. You know, no, no, no stuff on our behalf. But that everything is working good in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. So listen, I'm going to get this up. But while I'm getting that up, uh, I have one request this morning, and so I'm going to play this request. And when we come back, we're coming back with Genesis chapter 1. Well, it takes some doing to get a song to play even. I have to pull up the task manager and let it run a few minutes, then it'll do whatever it's supposed to do. And it may do it in the middle of something. Yeah. So we just we, we just going to bear with it. We're going to get this done today and keep it moving in Jesus' name. Because we know 
that the enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy. It's Jesus that come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. If we will strive for perfection in him, if we will go after the things of God and not after the things of our flesh and after the things of man, because man is a pitiful creature. Yes, he is. Because God has been good to us, but we can't be that. They see their own strength, their own power, their own mind, and not knowing that God woke you up this morning. It wasn't the alarm clock. It wasn't that you've been programmed to get up every morning at 6 o'clock. No, I don't care what you were programmed for. Unless God touch you with his thing of love, you're not getting up. I don't care how many alarms go off. I don't care how much you was programmed to get up at 6. Unless God gets you up, you won't be getting up. Yeah, because of him, we have life in this body. We have our being because of him. Without him, we can do nothing. Who is him, almighty God, that have all power? And he sent us a mediator, his son, Jesus Christ. And whatever we need, whatever we feel we want, we carry it to Jesus. Jesus carried it to them. And I believe because this, 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 only begotten son brought the petition to him, he answers. He give us whatever we are asking for because he knows his son is not going to bring no nonsense. He's not going to bring no foolishness. Yet he's not going to bring anything ungodly to the father because they're one. He know what the father likes. He know what the father loves. He know what the father can accept. And he don't just accept any old thing. And I take that back here. Accept us dirty. But we got to be willing to allow him to clean us up. I've never known anyone who truly met Jesus and remained the same. I've never known nobody like that. Because if you truly meet Jesus, you're going to change. Yeah, you won't. Rem- you, you can't stay. No way. Yeah. Because we're going back to this. So if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I was trying to get this one to play, and uh, it's not cooperating. So let's try for another one, and then we're moving on. All right. Well, maybe I have to go to a different song ball. Let's see here. If I can get a, another way to play it this morning. And I know I love that song right there. Liberty. Sacrifices life for my liberty. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah, I love that. I love it. I love it. So we're trying to see if we can get another song to play. And uh, another request, and then we're moving right along. Okay, wait a minute. Will it it play this morning? It was popping up in whenever it wanted to. Now I don't think it's doing that. The song going on to play, but we're not getting anything. We're not getting no sound. Brother Louis, can you hear me? I believe you can hear me. 
because everybody's still in the studio, so they're hearing something. I don't understand this thing here. Did it run a full scan? Yep, it ran a full scan. Um, all right. If it just happened to come on, we, we, we'll take it, but we... um. We're going to go on with trying to see if I could get one of these songs to play. But everything is like it's stuck, it's slow, and it's, it's sticking and something. I don't know what this is. I couldn't begin to, un- and not even one song it would let me play. No, no, no. Okay, wait a minute. I'm trying to find just one. Now, you know, this is so weird for me. I know we don't have sound sometimes, but, oh, oh, Pat Robertson. Okay, he passed away. I thought I read that somewhere. Well, y'all, I don't know. Let's see. All right, let's see what we get right here. I don't know if it'll play. I'm I'm trying, I'm trying. Sacrifices life for my liberty. Oh, and another one. Another one passed away. I don't know if y'all remember me sharing the older ones, Brother Lou, and those who've been here a while, about Bishop Derek Hutchins. Yeah. We go way back from Orlando. And uh, I went to a... I don't know if that was a Mother's Day service or Easter service. It's been so long. Even my phone acting up, so it could be my internet. But anyway, he was preaching, and he told a lot of the told the women in there that they were looking for a husband. And you know, I he couldn't understand how they wanted a husband, and they had ate their neck away. That means he was talking about the women was fat. As soon as he said that, I said, oh, my goodness, Hutch, you shouldn't have said that. The next thing I know, the police was there, and they were throwing him at the church. They had a gun and all of that, yeah, at the church. Let's see if we can hear this. Uh, Brother Lewis, let me know. Well, y'all know YouTube, you got to let it play. Okay. Can you hear that, Brother Lewis? Sound low to me. Okay. He said he can't hear no music. All right. Well, we're moving on. We're moving on. God is faithful, and he is able. So, look, we are going to the book of Genesis, chapter 1, and this is what it says at the beginning in chapter 1. 
At the first, God made the heavens and the earth. That's the basic English Bible. At the first, God made the heavens and the earth. King King James said, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So now, to me, the only thing there was darkness and water. And in verse 3 of, of King James, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. In verse 4, it said, And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. That is all God doing. Was no man there to help him out and all of that. The word was there. In verse 4, it says, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, verse 5. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. So now God's sectioning things off. We got rivers, oceans, lakes all of these things. Seven says, and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. Yeah. It separated, you know, put a divider between it, what's up top and what's on the bottom and, you know, all around. Yeah, God got, oh, smart, 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 full of wisdom. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. Yeah. So what he did, he put, let's say, the clouds. We know about the sky. The skies up here in the water is on the bottom. Yeah. It wasn't earth yet. It was just water. And God separated that. Made light, called it day. Let the dark be called night. And he, he, he did it in two days. It's the second day. Verse 9 said, And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Look what he did. Separated the waters, brought dry land in now. He got day and night. Because in the beginning, everything was void. Wasn't no shape, wasn't no nothing. Just darkness and water was there. 10 says, and God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seeds, and God saw that it was good. 11 says, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, and herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. So in other words, whatever he brought forth, it had a seed in it that it can continue to reproduce. Yeah, the oranges could keep making oranges. You know, the, the grapefruit could keep making great apples, could keep making apples. Peaches could keep, whatever it was, it had a seed. Yeah, that could be replanted or reproduced. And so whose seed is in itself? upon the earth, and it was so. He said, let the earth bring forth. 
He didn't, he didn't go down and plant nothing. He spoke it. Ah, and it began to happen. Just like today, whatever your situation is, he can speak, and it can change in the twinkling of an eye. Whatever you're going through, God can speak. He can look at a thing and it changes. He's got all power. Hallelujah. 12 says, and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. Yeah. I want to go over here to the basic and see what they said in verse 12. And grass came up on the earth, and every plant producing seed of its sort, and every tree producing fruit, and which is seed of its sort. And God saw that it was good. All right. 13 said, in the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, let there be light, light with an S on it. That means more than one. In the firmament of the heavens. So divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So we have winter, we have winter, spring, fall. Yeah, that's what we have because what God did, his creation, and what he spoke into existence. Yeah. We know that when it gets cloudy, it's going to rain most times. We know that if it's super, super hot in, 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 in Florida, eventually it's going to rain. And when it rains because of so much heat, it's going to thunder and lightning. So we know the signs of different things. We know our seasons. And we know days of the year when certain things take place, like, when the fall begin, when the summer begin, when the winter, we, we know some things. Yeah. 15 says, and let them be for light in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. 16, and God made two great lights, the, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. So we know the day was the light. And at night, the moon come out. That was the lesser of the lights. 17 says, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all got to bear with me. I am still trying to get this song to play because I got to go do something right quick and come right back. So I believe it is going to play. Let's see. We may have to give it just a second.
and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. If you look at it, we can crush any, basically any creature, especially a crawling thing. Yeah, lizard, frog, snake. Basically, we got dominion over it. We can destroy it if we need to. A lot of people bring these things as pets. I don't see them as pets. I, I, don't, I don't really see uh, dogs, really, in a way, as pets. Now, they can be because I've had several and I enjoy them. But he brought them here for a reason, and people housed them in their house and and killed slaves in prisons or whatever it may be. But I think animals should be free to run somewhere. But people put them on a, a leash and walk them. The dog still don't have no freedom. He's just going for a walk for exercise. Because dogs like to roam. But I think if you have a dog, you should have land so the dog can roam freely and not lock him in the house because that's not what he really was designed for outside. He even got a coat for the winter. Yeah, it, it may just be me now. This may be me. But that's the way I see it. And uh, I think we should take care of, if you got a dog, cat, rat, fish, you should take good care of them. Yeah. But I think they belong outside. Now, that's in my world. Yeah. 27 said, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now, that's what the word said. I didn't say it. Don't get mad with me. 28 says, and God blessed him. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God gave man the dominion, the power, basically over every creature. You see what he did? 29 says, and God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, and the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for me. In other words, it shall be for you to eat. This is food for you. Mm-hmm. Walnut trees, pecan trees. Uh, peach trees, uh, you, you have all kind of stuff, yeah, that that we can naturally eat, vegetables, and because he wants us to be healthy. And one thing I've seen, when I cut back on the meat and I eat vegetables, it do me better, my skin is better, I feel better. Yeah, that, that's really true. But now if we want to eat meat we can and god told me what another brother or sister eat don't 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 bother that yeah that's between him and them <laughs> it's all right in jesus name 30 says and to every beast of the earth 
and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is a life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. He said he gave every green herb for food. Now, I hear him say he gave, you know, the cattle and hogs and dogs and all that for food, but he said he gave every green herb for food, and it was so. 31 says, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Yeah. So we're going on to chapter two. I think we can finish that up. We got time. We're going on to chapter two of Genesis. And we want to see what's happening over in chapter in chapter two. I should have gone right there. So give me chapter two, please. Everything's slow. Y'all bear with me. I got to wait for chapter two to flip over to two. Oh. Okay. Well, all right. There we go. Okay. So now, in Genesis chapter two, verse one, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. The basic English Bible says, and the heaven and the earth and all things in them were complete. And on the seventh day, God came to the end of all his work. And on the seventh day, he took his rest from all the work which he had done. Remember now, he then made the light and made the lesser of the lights, and he then separated the waters and you know, made seas, and he even did a lot in six days. Even made man. He, well, he he was preparing, in other words, I think it was to make man, because he said, let us make man. And so, and God gave his blessing to the seventh day and made it holy. Because on that day he took his rest from all the work which he had made and done. These are the generations of the heaven and the earth when they were made. In the day when the Lord God made earth and heaven, there were no plants of the field on the earth and no grass had come up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work on the land. We called it till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth, watering all the face of the land. Look at God. He didn't have nobody to attend to it yet. He said, let us. So they are going to make man, but not yet. So what happened is we had mist coming up to water the plant. Yeah. And the Lord gave man, and the Lord God made man from the dust of the earth, verse 7, breathing into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. In the seventh chapter of King James of Genesis, chapter 2, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. 
And the Lord God made a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man whom he made. And out of the earth the Lord made every tree to come, delighting the eye, and good for food. And in the middle of the garden, the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden, giving water to the garden. And from there it was parted and became four streams. The name of the first one was Pishon, which goes the goes around about all the land in Havala, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is Beldilim and the Onyx Stone. And the name of the second river is Gishon, Gihon, I'm sorry, Gihon. This river goes around all the land of Cush. And the name of the third river is Tigris, which goes to the east of Assyria. Okay, anyway. And the fourth river is Euphrates. I know that word. Y'all have to forgive me. Sometimes the word run together, but I know that word right there. But anyway. 15 says, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to do work in it and take care of it. And the Lord God gave the man orders, saying, you may freely take of the fruit of every tree of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you may not take. For on the day when you take of it, death will certainly come to you. And he didn't need a physical death where he's just going to lay down and die, but a death of the insight that God had gave man, good and evil, uh, right and wrong. Uh, he, he had filled man to a certain degree to be good because that man didn't know nothing. But even in God telling him, in verse 17, but of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you may not take, for on the day when you take of it, death will certainly come to you. Now, Adam, I don't believe Adam was thinking on the lines of disobeying God. But I mean to know the devil was back there too. Huh? Yeah, he was back there too. 18 says, and the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be by himself. I will make one like him as a help to him. Yeah. King James said, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. He's going to help somebody, make somebody to help the man. Because remember, the man was to till the ground and keep the garden, you know, up and uh, uh, harvest and plant, I, I assume. And, you know, keep some things going. But now this is what it is. And from the earth, the Lord God made every beast of the field and every bird of the air and took them to the man to see what names he would give them. Look at this. And whatever name he gave to any living thing, that was its name. He named it <laughs> the birds. Isn't that awesome? He named the cow. Cow and the 
and more than one cow cattle, sheep, goats, chickens, eagles. That is just amazing to me. He allowed Adam to give these things their name. And the man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. But Adam had no one like himself as a help. And the Lord God sent a deep sleep on the man and took one of the bones from his side while he was sleeping, joining up the flesh again in its place. So he did surgery on Adam. Yeah, closed it back up. What an amazing God. 22 says, and the bone which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman. Well, a woe man. And took her to the man. It just sounds like, it, and I know it was easy. He just did it. But for me, it, it, it had to be much more. But it wasn't. And that's the way people feel about salvation. That's the way they feel about coming to God. It can't be that easy. It's got to be much more. But it's not. Those that come to him, you must believe that he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believed on him won't perish. But it's just that simple. But it, it just feels like it should be more. Yeah, took her, in verse 22, to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Let her name be woman, because she was taken out of man. Yeah, we come from a man. For this cause will a man go away from his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. Do you hear that? And they will be one flesh. Ain't no mama got no business written, uh, uh, in the children business. Uh-uh. This my son. This. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Once he leave home, somewhat to a certain degree, she's to take care of him like you would or better. You no longer need his mama to, 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 to cook and wash clothes and do whatever he needs to do. He got a wife. He have a help me now. And if he know what he's doing and he's a godly man, he's not going to allow his wife to work. If he can help it, sometimes if she's called a help meet, so sometimes she have to work to help meet the needs in the family, in the house. But when she didn't have to, that man said, now, look here, uh, <laughs> uh, look here, Clara, I, I don't need that in the workforce. I need the home. Because if he's a thoroughbred man, he'll know his wife can get in trouble. Out there fooling around in the office and all of that. In the warehouse, wherever they working. Because the devil come to kill, steal, and destroy. Here's some man and looked at your wife, started talking to her. She enjoying the conversation without even knowing what's going on. The next thing you know, she in a relationship with the man on the job. I heard him talk about this. I mean, the office wife, the office husband, not in my relationship. I ain't got but one husband. And I was a, a godly man. I wouldn't have but one wife. And I'm not sticking close to nobody at the office. We co-workers, you know, I, I, I'm nice, I'm kind, but I keep it moving. 
because what I got at the house is much more important. I'm not married to you. Therefore, I owe you nothing but good morning and goodbye. Yeah. 25 says, and the man and his wife were without clothing, and they had no sense of shame. Boy, I would like to be there today. I have no sense of shame. I'm with these animals. I can walk among the lions, the tigers, and the bears and don't have no problem. Nobody wants me for dinner. Yeah. But these are our first two verses, so we're going to stop here. And, uh, well, I don't, yeah. And and what we're going to try to do is get the studio going. So if there's anyone have something they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one and come in. I like the open, open way uh, to them. But if not, we, we'll finish another verse. Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman. Good morning to you, Sister Irene. Good morning to you, Minister Shonda. Good morning to you, Pastor David. Good morning to you, Sister Rita. God bless you this morning and the main man holding that chat room down. Good morning to you, Brother Lewis. And good morning to you, Sister Sherry. God bless you this morning. I'm remembering, I'm remembering, yeah, uh, to, to say good morning to Sister Sherry as well. And I just thank God for them. I thank God for this couple, yeah, Louis and his wife. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh-huh. And so we're going back and read another chapter uh, because no one has anything they would like to say. So look, now, 25 say, and the man and his wife were without clothing. In other words, they were naked. And they had no sense of shame because wasn't nobody out there but them too. They had never encountered other people. They didn't need clothes. Just him and his wife. And and and, and who, who out there to see anything but God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to the next and y'all know it takes oh, it came right through this time. So listen. In Genesis chapter three and verse one it says, Now the snake was wiser than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God truly said that you may not eat of the fruit of the of any tree in the garden? And the woman said, we may take of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God has said, if you take of it or put your hands on it, death will come to you. And the snake said, death will not certainly come to you, that on the day when you take of its fruit, your eyes will be open, and you will be as, a, as God, having knowledge of good and evil. Oh, he dirty. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and a delight to the eyes and to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and gave it to her husband. Yeah, sometimes we can trick men. Sometimes we can bring it to a man in a certain way he thinks is good, but it's going to destroy us. Us. Because if God put us together, neither one of us should take asunder. When men commit adultery and women commit adultery, you're making asunder there. You're breaking up the marriage. 
although many couples go back together and they try to mend the situation and fix it and, and go on. But for the rest of your life, that'll always be in the back of the one who didn't cheat mine that you could be cheating. And it take a while to gain trust again. And and some people, couples, the one that cheated, they understand that. So what they do, they have to take it because they want to mend their marriage. They want to fix it. And sometimes, let's say it's the wife that cheated. Sometimes the husband get angry about something else and he'll remind her of that. Or she come home looking a different way than she did when she left home. He'll ask her, you're not cheating, are you? We're not we're not going through this again. What happened is when she left home, she had a jacket and a sweater, but it warmed up, so she took the jacket off and just kept the sweater on. He didn't see the jacket per se. That's a hurting thing. I know it is. Because if you're sorry, you did it. That that weigh on you all the time. Because the trust is is, is wicked wacky. So, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and a delight for the eyes and to be desired to make one wise, she took of his fruit and gave it to her husband. And their eyes were open, verse 7, and they were conscious that they had no clothing and they made themselves coats of leaves stitched together. Isn't that something? And there came to them the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the evening wind. And the man and his wife went to a secret place among the trees of the garden, away from the eyes of the Lord God. James said this, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? In other words, where are you? And he said, I heard that voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. What? The eyes didn't come open now. Nothing would never be the same again. Mm-mm-mm. And he said, who gave you the knowledge that you were without clothing? Have you taken of the fruit of the tree which I said you were not to not to take. And the man said, the woman whom you gave to me to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I took it. The woman that you gave to me, come on, Adam. You gave this woman to be with me and she was the one who gave me the fruit of the tree, and I took it. Okay, why didn't he ask Eve, e, where you get that fruit from? Because, you know, we're not supposed to eat that tree in the middle over there. So where you, what, what kind of fruit is this? He would have saved himself, but he trusted his wife, and he ate the fruit. 13 says, and the Lord God said to the woman, what have you done? And the woman said, I was tricked by the by the deceit of the snake, and I took it. 
And the Lord God said to the snake, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and every beast of the field. You will go flat on the earth, and dust will be your food all the days of your life. You'll never get up and walk upright no more. James said in verse 14, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shall thou go, and dust shall thou eat all the days of thy life. And there will be war between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. By him will your head be crushed, and by you his foot will be wounded. So in other words, the snake will bite us and we'll kill him. And every time I turn around, they try to uh, uh, mash up that the head of the snake with a shovel. If they shoot it, they shoot it in the head. Back in the day, we had a thing that you call a hoe. And chop up your weeds and things. Or you might make rolls to plant. So they take that hoe and chop the head of the snake off. Yeah, I don't know too many people that's fond of snakes and really want to be bothered. You got a few. Yeah, but not a whole bunch. 16 says, the woman said, great. Wait a minute. To the woman, he said, great would be your pain in childbirth. Ooh. And sorrow will your children come to birth, my goodness. Still your desire will be for your husband, but he will be your master. Awful. See, we could have got along. Think they got along. Adam didn't find no fault in Eve. Eve didn't find no fault in Adam. But after they ate that food of good and evil and knowledge, look what happened. Now I'm going to have children in pain. Ooh, I'm going to go through some pain to bring forth children. And then my husband going to rule over me. He's going to be my master. He's going to tell me when and where and if. And how? Why? I brought the fruit to him. <laughs> the woman, I was the one listening to the serpent. I heard I was there just like Adam. And I knew I wasn't supposed to eat of that fruit. I should have just said no to the devil. But I, I, I went on. Because I wanted to see. I was curious. And that curiousness get us in trouble all the time, men and women. 17 says, and to Adam he said, because you give ear to the voice of your wife and took of the fruit of the tree, which I said you were not to take. The earth is cursed on your account. Mm. In pain you will get your food from it all your life. Now, Adam he got to dig the ground and plant. I was supplying your food all around. All you had to do was water it and make sure no brown leaves was nowhere, you know. If leaves fall, clean the garden up, make it look food was always there for you. Now, in pain, you're going to get this food. You, you See, because 
you got to work for it now. It won't just be offered to you. James said, and unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. All the days of thy life. Thorns and waste plants will come up, and the plants of the field will be your food. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. With the hard work of your hands, you will get your bread till you go back to the earth from which you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will go back. My goodness. And the man gave his wife the name of Eve because she was the mother of all who have life. And the Lord gave, God made, the Lord God made for Adam and his wife coats of skins for their clothing. And the Lord God said, now the man has become like one of us, having knowledge of good and evil. And now if he puts out his hands and takes of the fruit of the tree of life, he will go on living forever. My goodness. So the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to be a worker on the earth from which he was taken. So he sent the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he put wings, ones and a flaming sword turning every way to keep the way to the tree of life. My goodness. My goodness. Adam done messed us up. <laughs> Eve done messed us up. So now the man is to work and take care of his family. The woman is to train her children and take care of the children and the husband and the house. I know they don't want to do that no more. I know that's slavery, old-fashioned, old-timey. If, if them people back then could be a slave to the folks that brought them eventually out of Africa and put them on a plantation, if I love this man, I think I could be a slave to him as long as he's he doing the right thing. He bring his money home. He makes sure I'm good. If I'm sick, he take over. Yeah, what whatever needs to be done that I can't do, he help me to get it done. If I'm fat and he want me to lose weight, there's a certain way he come to me about everything. He don't come to me calling me Lord and I. <laughs> he don't do all of that. He's like, you want to lose weight? So yeah, I'll walk it. I'll walk with you. You want to lose weight? Let's both try Weight Watchers. If you're having salad for dinner, I'm going to have salad for dinner. But you know I like a steak on the side. Something like that, you know. But he's not mean to his wife. And he don't find the faults in her and just make it just, oh, my goodness, ridiculous. Because if your mother, if you feel your mother was a good woman, why can't you feel your wife is a good wife? Why you can't feel she's a good woman? 
I got into trouble because I, I felt every man was like my dad, but they wasn't. And I thought every man had the integrity of my father, but they didn't. And sometimes we learn the hard way and we get in trouble because of problems. But we learn, and, and it was worth the price for me to learn. It was worth the price. So now I know my dad is not in every man. And the only way you're going to find integrity, God, and all of that, it's got to be in a man who has accepted God, and God is the Lord or the God of his life. It's his desire to live according to the word of God, not, a, not according to the bar, the club, his family, his friends. It's what we do. We part. No, 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 no. But if we're doing something, it includes scriptures. It, it includes us talking about the goodness of the Lord. And a lot of times, of course, it's going to involve food. Food is going to be involved, in other words. Either we're going to grill, you know, barbecue out, or come over for dinner and we just listen. Sometimes we sing, because that's what my family do. They believe in eating and singing. She <laughs> yeah, they love all that. Now, you got them kind that's still drinking in the family, still clubbing, still cussing, uh, almost 60 years old, and they still haven't just turned their life to God. So these kind think they're going to live forever, I assume. But we all come here to leave here. And it's the way we live, leave here that counts. I know they get up and go to line over you when you're in the casket and all of that, but the way you live here, determines where you'll spend eternity. Mm -hmm. You could have been a godly person and got shot and died. That don't mean hell is your home. They was robbing the place you was in there. They shot everybody, killed everybody, because they didn't want no witness. But heaven is yet your home. Yeah. But bad things happen to good people. It does. Yeah. And it's already all right this morning in Jesus' name. I'm going to try for one more request, praying it works. Now, it's acting like it won't to. I'm not sure. Okay, it started. I don't. I, I can't explain what's going on this morning, but I don't know how much more of this right here I'm gonna be able to deal with today. But Anthony was uh, down my way, right down there in Almond Beach, and uh, I was gonna run down there. It's about an hour drive down there by oh, before you get to Daytona. And I was going to run down there for a few minutes, but he said he was relaxing and resting. And I said that I know how that is, that I'm not going to go down there fooling around with Brother Anthony. Because I want to take him out for lunch. If we got there by dinner time, I want to take him out for dinner. But uh, he was resting, and I let him continue to rest. And I think he left out of here uh, Sunday evening. Yeah, I think around 6 o'clock he said he would be leaving. But I had gone up to the prison. And spent the day 
when I left there, I came home, and I was tired because I had a big weekend. Yeah, big weekend. I'm supposed to be in there baking pound cakes and brownies right now, but I, I can't get it done because of the postal service. But uh, when these people get back home, then they can, you know, get their pound cakes. So, yeah, because, see, I got even go back to the post office and talk to them about the shipping because ship, I ship stuff and the people don't get it. I'm like, y'all stealing the people's stuff or what over here? I even go back and ask if this box, is the package sealed right? Is the address on the package? You found the address and it's a good address. Did I put this address and I show them the address on a piece of paper, typed out, and let them compare? And then the people still don't get the box. And that makes me look bad. That makes me look, well, she maybe not have shipped it. Oh, but I did, sister friend. Oh, but I did. Yeah. But it's all right in Jesus' name. Okay, we go into this one. See if it would play. I don't know what's going on. I could I could imagine why this was doing this this morning. We're going to pray out because I can't get nothing to do nothing. And uh, we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you get a chance, go back through Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Take a look. And um, tomorrow we'll start on 4, chapter 4. And we'll go from there. Now, I know I've muted the TV. And it's playing, y'all. That's the internet. It's got to be my internet, too. So I'm going to call Comcast, and I'm calling Norton tomorrow morning. So let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for all that has been said and done. We thank you for reminding us the wolf is at the door. And, Lord, we know that we must sell out to you wholeheartedly. You must become the God of our lives. And, Lord, we can't let nothing separate us from your love because you so loved us all, the world, that you gave your only begotten son. We believe on him this morning. And, Father, we're looking not to have perishing. We're looking to grow. Father, we're looking to be multiplied in you. You're our shepherd, and we shall not want. Is you that take good care of your people, your great father. And we thank you this morning. We give reverence to you. You're almighty God that have all power. There's no higher power. And we thank you for all you've done for us already today. Thank you for what you're doing right now. And, Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Hallelujah. And, Father, as we depart this morning, bless our going out. Bless our coming in and meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Move for your people in an uncommon way today, uncommon blessings, Lord. Every bit of encouragement, inspiration we get from you, Lord, it make us strive a little bit more to stay with you and to obey you at any cost. We ask it in Jesus' name. Father, bless our going out today. Bless our coming in. Meet the need in our lives 
according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Father, we ask it all today in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God love the cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today in the name of Jesus. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and we're not going to have a last song of the morning. The thing's spinning around now to my connected. So uh, we let me get all of this taken care of today, and uh, we pray the Lord bless us back tomorrow morning again, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So again, bye-bye, and have a blessed day. Came to tell you what Jesus said. He said, take up your cross and walk in the water. Mm-hmm. And the water was cold. Mm-hmm. Give my body, mm-hmm. but not my soul. Mm-hmm. Amazing grace, mm-hmm. a sweet desire. The saved the wretch, mm-hmm. a wretch like you. I came to tell you what Jesus said. I came to tell you what Jesus said. I came to tell you what Jesus said. To take up your cross and follow me. He said, take up your cross. Okay, what was the problem?